0: Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found a place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Thanks, Rob.
1: That's an amazing passage, because at that particular moment, you know, Jesus was like just one of the chaps who'd been hanging around the village, went off for a bit, came back and actually unrolled the scroll in front of all his friends, family, elders, and said, this task that is said in Isaiah, I'm the one that's going to fulfill that. So he took total authority for his role in the world, for his role in the Jewish religion, and they were stunned by this. Elsewhere, it talks about Jesus, you know, they were amazed because he spoke as one who had authority, rather than the teachers and preachers uh, preachers who simply relied on the law. And there's a great difference between the two. Someone who gets up and you just know that they know what they're talking about. So last week we were looking really, at living life at a deeper level. And I was suggesting that disappointment is actually a gateway to living life at a deeper level. Disappointment. Yes, you know, you can make more effort in your practice, in meditation, in the way that we offer ourselves up to that divine order. But when we go about our daily life, we're often operating out of mindsets that we're so used to that we're just totally unaware of them. When we go to city market, when we meet people, you know, no matter how much we do our meditation, you know, the mindsets are so ingrained, you know, what that sort of person's like, what this sort of person's like, what decisions that we've made. And I want to suggest that the, last week that the whole idea of disappointment is one of those mindsets that we have. And unless we come to terms with our disappointment, we'll never be able to go deeper and i'm talking here about the disappointment that we feel about everything from the way that our life is going and you know you could say oh my life is going fine but actually if you look at it you know, just investigate to what extent you're disappointed to where your life is going to its sense of who we are our career our family our friends underneath all the getting on with it i think there's an underlying disappointment with all of us about the way that reality is. That the reality that we live in doesn't live up to our expectations or what we hoped it might be. The modern sense of the word disappointment is, is really to frustrate expectations. When we say disappointment, is, it's about frustrating expectations. But the word actually means something deeper. It's from the French word, désappointer, to remove something from office appointee, office, des, remove, to remove something from office or from its appointed place, literally to undo an appointment. And I think that our disappointment with our lives makes us remove ourselves at one level from the game, remove ourselves from the office of knowing that we can have an effect on life in general. You know, we look about in the town, the state, the community, the country, the world, you know, and really we think, you know, I'm not really going to make that much of a difference to all of that. There's there's a removal of ourselves from the ability to do that. We say to ourselves that our disappointment with all that's happened in our life tells us that really we're not going to make much of a difference from what we do. So we shouldn't expect to have an effect because if we do, we'll only be disappointed we don't want to be disappointed again. So we just sort of go along as, as, as much as we can without that disappointment. So to, deep, to live at a deeper level, for us to deepen um, our expression in life, our, our going to and fro, we have to first deal with our disappointment. And the effect of that disappointment is a very underhand process, one that most of the time we're not even aware of. It's a sort of resignation, I want to suggest. And that's another interesting word, resignation. The fact we disappoint ourselves from running our lives, we resign ourselves from the post of actually being in control and making a difference. To resign is to re signo to unseal. So the resignation that we feel is an unsealing of our lives, a letting go because we feel unable to have an effect on things. Both those words, I think, suggest giving up the job of being in charge of our lives. Not in the sense of letting, you know, in a spiritual sense of giving up and letting a higher power take over, but in the sense that somehow we give up on our real dreams. That's really what we're going for. And I think that stops us from really engaging with our lives at a deep level. We become content to just be on the surface, rather than driving from that deep place that has an effect. As a result, we give up the authorship of our lives. We give up the authority in our lives. Again, not in a good way of allowing that life force to order things, but in the sort of K way. We just give up, you know, inshallah, You know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And, and not engaged. It's disconnected. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And to go deeper, we have to be engaged in such a way that the giving up, when we actually do it, is at a sufficient level of engagement that has a real effect. Because I do think we do have to give up from our minds and our egos. But we give up too early. We get to nothing's going to happen. But when you give up at a deeper level, just to allow that spiritual nature to come through, that's at a deeper level. And that's truly authoring our lives. I think the word is interesting, authoring, authority, authenticity, they all come from the same root. From the Latin octal, enlarger, founder, master, leader, literally one who causes to grow, one who causes to increase. That is the nature of it, one who causes to increase. You know, it's worth asking, you know, by what authority do we do what we do here? You know, by what authority do I say what I say here? What is it that causes us to grow from that depth of action and being? What, what is the evidence of this authority? How do we link in with it? You know, I, I often say, by the authority vested in me, I proclaim you man and wife. You know, in weddings and stuff like that. And that, that quote from Jesus, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teachings because he taught as one with authority and not as their teachers of the law. So, you know, where's the authority here you know, in this message? You know, I'm, I'm wittering on here to you, but, you know, to what end? You know, is it just me? Am I just, you know, making it up? You know, a few good ideas that I can come along and do it. Am I inventing it all? A lot of you will say, yes, he is, yeah. <laughs> is it the church? You know, do I get authority from the church? You know, the very fact that I'm employed as the spiritual leader of the Aspen Chapel, does that give me authority? Or the fact that I'm ordained in the Church of England, you know, do I get the authority from that? Is there an authority from ordination? If I was just talking to you, not as a minister, if I was just, you know, Johnny come out, you know, would I have the same authority? You know, when do you invest authority in, and when do I invest authority in myself? Some would say that my authority has been tested by the church, you know, where, where I'm coming from. Or is it, is it from that divine spark? Do, you know, could it come from there? And I think that is a real key question. You know, where we actually come from to actually have that authority, that ability to increase that authority. And I think it also pertains right the way through our lives. You know, where does our authority come from as we speak in our families? You know, when you look at people, where do, when do you give them authority? Do you give them authority when they've got lots of money? You tend to, don't you? You know, when someone comes in and you just know they're absolutely rich as creases. You, Hi, good to see you. You know, you, There's definitely a sense of authority. Or fame as well, you know. You know if we give people authority because they're fame. You know, their success. That, we give people authority because of that, or their wisdom, or, or, or their ideas. And Does it come from our experience? He has the authority to speak about it because he's done it himself. You know, that's another thing. He has the authority to speak because he's done this before. Or does that authority come from somewhere else? It's the theme that Jesus returns to, as do the Christ. By what authority do I do this? And for many, the main authority in Jesus' time was the law. You know, the authority was the law. It was what Moses had given. That's where the authority lay. You know, Thinking it up yourself was nowhere near it. You know, the authority came from that. And it's in being steeped in the law that gave the Pharisees their authority. He derives it from his religion. That's where they, they get their authority. And that's why they questioned Jesus always, because he spoke as one who had authority. He seemed that the authorship, God's authorship, was coming directly out of him. And that worried them, because it didn't fit with what was going on. How does he know? Where is he getting it all from? So we have to ask ourselves, I think, about authority. What can we invent what should we let God invent or that divine spark? How do we respond to the authority of others? How do, we, how do we own our lives with the authority that enables us to go deeper? Because when you do have that authority, you are totally linked in. You are speaking from somewhere that is actually enabling you to author what's going on. And the question is, where do you speak from to have that authority? Well, the first thing we have to do is that step of taking ownership of our lives. And that's the part where we recognize our disappointment, our resignation from the role of authorship. We resign from the role of authorship because of our disappointment. And the authorship I'm talking about is not just the bit of our lives that decides you know, what to have for breakfast or what to do or who to marry, but that part of our lives, if you're able to do this, that that identifies with all creation, that sees that it can have an effect on everything, our authorship, from North Korea to global warming. You know, we can affect that. And as I say that, you know, it just sounds so wacky to even say it. You know, our, when we say, oh, we can have an effect on North Korea, our hearts just sink at the idea of how impossible that seems you know, for you to affect global warming or North Korea or our political situation. It just seems totally impossible. You we get angry, but really there is disappointment there, the resignation about not being able to have an effect. And those words of Jesus, you know, when Jesus was asked about it, he said, I and the Father are one. That's where he was claiming his authority. You know, he said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. And that famous verse at the end of Matthew when he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He claims that authority. And I'd like to put forward the idea that just as it rests in Jesus in the way he spoke, it rests with us if we're willing to acknowledge it. You know, I always have the idea that Jesus didn't come to be worshipped, but he came to show us the potential of humanity. And that potential that he shows is available to each of us if we're not too disappointed not to actually claim it, to, to be the enlarger, the founder, be the one who causes things to grow, to increase. That, that is the challenge for us. There, there is our real depth. And there is where we engage in all creation if we're willing to do so, if we're willing to put ourselves in that place. But, you know, we have to own it. We have to be willing to go there. We have to see it through our disappointment and our resignation and own this, all of it, as Jesus did, as Buddha did, as Muhammad did. That, that is humanity's rightful place. And when we own that place, then we're in right relationship with our lives. When we own our relationship with all of life, not just with city markets. We are in right relationship with our lives. You know, we are engaging at the right level. That's not to say that, you know, we go on, you know, around ch- ordering everybody about. Because we now have the authority. We are in charge of everything. Just all it means is that we are in right relationship with our lives. And, and that is a key thing. You know, we're on the bike as opposed to wheeling it along. That's the difference. We're on the bike as opposed to wheeling it along. We can choose how to ride and what gear to select. But if we're just wheeling it along, you know, we all can do is wander about. And it's only when we have a true sense of our authorship that we can relate to life in the right way. And how we relate then is another kettle of fish. But it means that we enter into our meditation. You know, when we do that, when we enter into meditation, we're not doing it just from a position of feeling better. Or to mend something. We're there engaging with the cacophony of all creation. Now, if you haven't you know, done that, I really recommend you try it. You know, just try putting yourself in the you know in that Jesus driving seat as if you were the anointed one. Because you are. There is only you in your life. Even your partner's not you. you know, there isn't you. And if you just try and engage at that level. You're taking responsibility for all of it, and it is the only place to be. And remember, that word responsibility means, the word actually means offering a response. Responsibility means offering a response. You are there ready to offer a response to all creation as a co-author of all creation. And that response can then be appropriate. No one's going to come along and say that you are the commander-in-chief, but there's going to be some appropriateness about your response because of the level of authority that you're taking. As one with authority, you can simply choose to meditate, to listen for that still small voice, to wait until your mud clears and right action arises by itself. You're no longer waiting for someone else to do it. That's the key thing. Or saying, "k sera, sirrah or just putting yourself out there without anything else. You're actually putting yourself in the driving seat and hopefully saying, show me what to do. I'm willing to take responsibility for all of this. Show me what to do. Because once you've taken authority for all creation, the first thing you have to do is give it all up. Because you're not going to work out what to do It's only when you get to that point of taking responsibility that you actually are able to give it up. Not in a resigned or disappointed way, but in a way that, as it says in the hymn, Here I am, Lord. I've heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord, if you lead me. I will hold your people in my heart. That is where you're at when you're authoring your life. And that is probably the first action of real authority. It is to acknowledge that we don't know and we want to be shown. We want to be shown. Even Jesus did this. you know. I always think people miss it when he says, I only do what I see the Father doing. Look it up, that's what he said, I only do what I see the Father doing. And so we ask to be shown the way, but from a position of authorship, from a position of responsibility, of deciding that we're going to have an effect at a deeper level, and we want to be shown how. And then it Honestly, it comes to you. You can operate at a deeper level because you've chosen to take ultimate authority. And the responsibility that goes with it, and the universe will match that responsibility. If you take the responsibility, the universe will match it. You know, that old thing in 1 Corinthians 13, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things behind me being known in part, then I shall be fully known. You know, are you willing to be fully known and then to fully know? And that is the place of real love. Faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. And from that place, you'll be shown what to do. You know, as I said, people always say, how do I come up with this stuff? Well, the answer is, you know, that I sort of, you know, go to my meditation stool and sit there for a while. And then, you know, on a Tuesday morning, I get up, sit down on my laptop, and it sort of comes through to a greater or lesser degree. Yeah, and I think the reason that it does is that somewhere I'm reaching for that responsibility. I'm saying, look, you know, I'm willing to go for it. And that authorship, and I'm saying, look, I haven't got a clue what to do, but I want to operate at a de- deeper <laughs> level, show me what to say. And I literally just bash out what comes. You know, and then I do think about it a bit, and we come back to it on Wednesday and Thursday and maybe change little bits of it. But it comes out of my life. It comes out of, you know, I was, I was walking Merv and I thought, well, the other day, and I thought, something came to me. I thought, well, that's, that's relevant to Advent Sunday. So it's, things come to me in my life, and I just then use those things as they come to me in what I'm going to say. And that authorship is true for every second of the day. I haven't got a clue what to do, but I want to operate at a deeper level. Show me what to do. You have both authority and humility at the same time. And that's the key thing, to have authority and humility at the same time. And that combination is the key to the creative process, to have authority and humility. It's then that you truly are operating in the driving seat of your life and asking to be shown the way. And from that stance, you have the possibility of real depth. Then your practice can go deeper because you're in the right place to receive. Then your life can engage at a much more profound level because you've assumed that level of responsibility. And all you need to do that, you know, all we need to do that, because if we don't do that, we abnegate that responsibility to others. We have to do it, because otherwise we just abnegate. Someone else is going to sort this out. who We then give the authority. We say they will have the authority to sort this out. And generally, people who you know, we give that authority to, they tend to do it without the humility that goes with it. And then you become at the effect of what they do with your life, which no one wants. Don't give the authority to someone else. Take the authority yourself. So next week is Advent Sunday and we're going to be looking at how we prepare ourselves and how we're willing to engage with the responsibility of that taking care of all creation. Let's pray. So we offer our lives to the good of all creation. We allow ourselves to move through our disappointment and engage at that deeper level. And we think of the things that are around us, the places where we abnegate responsibility. We think of our disappointments. We do pray That our town, our country, our world is infused with that deeper love. That somehow there is a connection made between the ordering of all creation and the ordering of the world as we live within it. And to that end we pray for all those people affected by uh, the massacre in Egypt all those affected by the submarine in South America, all those affected by trauma, difficulty and trouble in their lives. Think of those in prison, those who are homeless, those in war zones, totally feeling completely unable to affect the situation. Pray for our leaders that they will have both humility and authority in the way that they deal with this. We pray for those in our community who are not well at the moment. Betty Vanderveer, Cindy Bonds, Elise Strickland, Lee Bouguet, Soleil, Teagan, Barbara Orkut, Will Welsh and Patricia Hill. Lord, we ask you to bless them in Jesus' name. Amen.